Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Vera, an adaptation of Macbeth set in 13th century North Malabar. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the last in our Shakespeare series. Mm-hmm. Macbeth. Yes. And this movie can't decide what it wants to be based on. Well, I mean, it knows what it wants to be based on. A lot of the dialogue is just straight from Macbeth, like abbreviated from Macbeth. But they've combined it with this other poem from, like these epic poems from the area that are about, I don't know if they're historical figures or not. These characters from the local mythology or history or whatever it is, focusing on a man named Chandu, who apparently is known as Chandu the Betrayer. So that should tell you something about him. Yeah. I mean, already sounds a lot like Macbeth. Mm-hmm. It's sort of combined this way because his life does apparently, I mean, Chandu Chekavar, which again, Chekavar is like... It's his cast. Yeah. It was a military cast from the area. Yeah. And it's um, kind of, you can kind of make it equivalent to, like, English knights. This is, he was a 16th century warrior from, yeah, northern Kerala. And his life sort of bore some similarities in folk songs of the area to Macbeth. And so they kind of combined the yes. two. Yeah. But again, leaned heavily on, at least for the English translation, Yes, <laughs> on Macbeth's lines. I know. Sound and fury signifying nothing. I mean, so many lines yeah. where, because they, you know, it was all the best hits of Macbeth, especially yeah. in the second half of the movie. Big time. So the way this movie is structured. Okay, so first off, I feel like I should say this movie is for advanced, dedicated Indian movie watchers. Mm-hmm. Because... Even though they, it feels like they're trying to explain, they're not really explaining much. You have to just be willing to go with the flow because they introduce some characters in the beginning. They only introduce half the characters. The two women look so similar with exact same haircuts. Yeah, and they and actually, I didn't have a problem telling the women apart once the movie started. Right, but that. <sighs> In the beginning, though, when they're just introducing them, I'm like, these two women look the same. I thought they were the same woman. And right. I was like, okay, based on this, they're not the, the same woman. Yeah. In the movie, I could tell them apart fine. Right. Because the roles, they're, they're kind of distinct roles. They don't really interact. Yeah. It was just that the beginning made me think that, like, I needed to have everything straight. And I was, it was very intimidating. And, and I think they outline a lot yeah. of character relationships at the beginning that you're not really going to remember and as it goes on. So the first half especially, which is based much more on the poem, mm -hmm. is going to be kind of confusing. You really have to be willing to just roll with the punches on these things. Yeah. I personally felt like the easiest way to keep track of the characters was to keep track of the little forehead symbols they had. Because mm -hmm. those remain pretty consistent throughout the movie. Yes. So if you're having trouble, that's what I would look for. And then the second half settles basically quite nicely into Macbeth. Yeah. This is actually a pretty short movie, too. It's under two hours long, which makes it significantly shorter than Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, it's a really... It was so interesting because it was only, like, very... It was only some parts of Macbeth. And it felt rushed. Yes, it did. I definitely think they could have taken longer with 
the characters' internal motivations yeah, and their their internal changes over the course of the film. It really just felt like Chandu was like, okay, I guess I'll do this. Okay, you said do that? All right, I guess I'll do that. He just yeah. seemed very easily swayed. Like, he didn't really have a plan, and then everything went wrong. And I think when everything started to go wrong, we didn't necessarily feel the unraveling in the way that Macbeth feels it in the play. Mm-mm. To where it really feels like everything's falling apart around him, and he's losing control of everything in this, because it happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, it kind of just felt like the natural fallout. Like he never had control of it, and it felt like just the whoever came along and suggested a scheme, he was going <laughs> to be into it. Yeah. Which, I mean, Macbeth in the play is kind of easily swayed to do what he wants to do already. Yeah. But, yeah. So, one of the reasons that I really like this movie, though, is because it is gorgeous. It's it is so really well pretty. shot. Yeah. I also really like the guy who played Chandu. Yes. Oh, also, I should say that even though this is, was also shot in Hindi and English, and sometimes it can be a lot easier to find the English language one here than even it is if you the don't Malayalam want to. one. Yeah. The, it's really worth it to try and find the Malayalam language one because the acting is better. Yeah. They're not having to struggle through a language that, you know, a second language to mm-hmm. deliver their lines. Yeah, exactly. Also, when when I'm being introduced to a ton of different names that I've never heard before, mm-hmm. or also words that I've never heard before, like the martial arts style fighting that they were doing. And that was ch- so unnecessary to explain. Yeah, they really need <laughs> to do that. And then, like, I get it. I've never seen it before. I've, right. It's also, like, but it's a lot of, you're already having a lot of information thrown at you in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to also then have, like, this is our own special yeah, martial art. And I'm like, like okay, well, I know. And <laughs> whatever. Like, it's mm-hmm. harder to understand in English, actually, for me, rather than seeing it written out. Yeah. Yeah. But the visuals in this movie are really beautiful, uh, including all of the combat sequences were really nice, which is. Not something I'm always a fan of. Yeah, I know, but they were good. Well choreographed. We got a wide array of uh, local weapons, including mm-hmm. an Arumi, which makes me so happy. That's the <laughs> really flexible whip, like, sword that's also kind of like a whip. Yes. that's. I always love that when it shows up in an Indian movie, just because I like watching it fly around. I mean, it's... I don't, amazing. Right. It's just, to me, the logic of someone that was like, what if we take a sword, but we make it really thin and sharp and then just have it fly wildly out of control. Yeah. And people are like, oh yeah, I'd love to learn that. I don't understand. It seems so dangerous, but I love watching it. That's one of the things about weapons like that is that they are incredibly dangerous. And so usually you can't even start to learn those until you're really good at a bunch of other stuff because you can easily kill yourself and other people accidentally with them. And that is why they're so amazing to see Mm -hmm. because that's, crazy that you could get super good at something like that yeah and this had a lot of the other traditional elements including like the face painting or like the chest you know all of the mm-hmm. um, body paint that, that was really beautiful yeah and, and the it clothes so well with like the colors of the landscape yes and the clothes were so they brightly were so done great. and the settings were like the castles they were in were so ornate the way you expect in like a period Indian movie. It just looked really expensive. Yes. Which isn't always the case for non-Hindi movies. Right. Yeah, no, it, it's a lot more common to see them looking cheaper and just not have the budget mm-hmm. available 
So I wouldn't say it's the world's best adaptation of Macbeth, but I do still enjoy the movie for the glimpse of like the local tradition and then the the elements of their own ballads that they've mixed in with it. There's no song singing and dancing, like there's no song numbers. Which is why it's only an hour 40. Yeah, well, and weirdly, they use this super Western sounding song like in that English. Was really weird. I mean, it sounds like any pop song you could take off the radio mm-hmm. in America. And that's their credit song, which threw, really threw me off when I saw it. And then again, when it popped up at the end. Yeah, it's very strange. But there's, yes, there's none of that. It would have been nice, actually, to have. Mm -hmm. But as far as who could watch it, I think anyone who could watch Macbeth could watch this. Yeah, it's not gory. No, there's some... There's some sexual interludes that are... Sure. But they're not graphic. No, they're really, really not. They're actually kind of awkward and... They are. Long. I mean, for what long for what they are. And then the, the violence is all slashed at someone's neck from afar and then, like, they die. Yeah, so because these are individual duels, you don't get a lot of gore from huge battle scenes. And it really, it's more, I think, about showcasing the beauty of the martial arts rather than trying to gross people out with gore. Definitely. I mean, even in the end, when Macbeth dies, it's not no. gory at all. No. So that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. Mele manikya kalloli chartum Ayilya pon mani vina kunyo Mele manikya kalloli chartum Ayilya pon So one of the things that I really loved, actually, about this adaptation was were the witches. I really liked the witches. There were only two. Mm-hmm. One of them was always naked. Of course. And it was really funny when they, like, just blurred out her butt. I know. And there's, like, a demon speaking through her. Mm-hmm. Or something. I mean, this is Hinduism, so I don't know. But I think probably it's a demon. something, so. yeah. It wasn't... Didn't a, sound It wasn't great. a good spirit. No. And the other witch was, like, nuts, always cackling. And... Yeah, she didn't seem great. She didn't seem like she'd have anybody's best intentions at heart. No. And the demon certainly didn't. He's uh, talking about, you'll be the Chekhovar. But then, once he's gone, <laughs> he's like, okay, now have this, have uh, him start to hallucinate, and he'll make all these bad choices and stuff like that. And he's like, well, maybe you never should have visited a witch. One of the things that seemed a little bit different is I don't think that in Hinduism, it's they don't strictly forbid fortune telling the way a Christian culture does. Right. So they, I think, were a lot more open to it than Macbeth was. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit different. Because in Macbeth, when Macbeth is visiting witches, especially when he visits them later, like on his own, and they don't just kind of accost him in a field somewhere. I mean, that's a huge transgression for the Christian ethic. Absolutely. I mean, you may as well just get a double worshipping robe on right now and join the witches. Exactly. If that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was interesting, though, that his companion, Kelu, was like, just don't listen to them. Yeah. Like, why are you letting them control you like this? 
Because as soon as he heard it, it was like all he could think about. And this is exactly the same it was in Macbeth, where mm-hmm. the witches don't actually tell Chandu how it's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. that he needs to actively murder someone in order to make this happen. They just tell him that it will happen. And there is a point when Chandu's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if it's going to happen, it will happen and I shouldn't do anything. But then he's like, no, I'm going to do something. And that is exactly yeah. the same as Macbeth, where it's like, if you wanted this, like, you had already been thinking about mm-hmm. what you could do to reach the top. And this just gave you the excuse you needed because now you were told you would succeed. Exactly. Yes. And you basically got told that you deserve it and you practically already are. So why not just do this? Right. Because Kalu did nothing mm-hmm. to achieve his prophecy, which was that his children would be Chekhovars. And he actively tried to talk him out of like, yeah, yeah. he he actively tried to not listen. Mm-hmm. However, one thing that they do change is that the witches then send Chandu the hallucinations of Kalu after he's died. Yes. Or after he is murdered. Instead of it just being a sign of guilt. guilt. And I'm not sure why the director chose to make that change. Because in the play, it's quite impactful that all of a sudden he's seeing the ghost of a man that he didn't actively kill. Like, that's not the one that he actually stabbed. It's just the one, it's the one he sent murderers after. It may be that the legend of Chandu the Betrayer is not sympathetic enough, or it's not believable that he would be sympathetic enough to feel that guilty about it. Could be, yeah. But that's all I can think of. Mm -hmm. But it was an interesting choice because there was no real... It didn't feel like there was any real reason for it to be that the witches sent him hallucinations. Or they were trying to make the witches more more of an active player in it. Because the witches are not active in Macbeth. They show up and give a couple prophecies, but they're barely in it and they're not active players. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting change. One of the other characters that felt really different was Uniarcha, who is... Okay, so this is where we start getting things from the poem mm-hmm. rather than the play. Yeah. So this was the woman that Chandu wanted to marry, but her brother prevented the match. So she married someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's her nephew who's going to avenge Aromal, her brother, who was killed because of Chandu. No, who Chandu killed. Yeah, Chandu killed him. Sorry, it was the uncle that died because of Chandu. Everyone's dead because <laughs> of Chandu. So she... She kind of takes the Macduff role in the movie at, at a certain point. Yeah. But it's funny because their little tryst in the beginning of the movie, I was like, what is happening? And then I was like, oh, wait, this has to be from the poem and right. not the play. I know. Because Macbeth doesn't get it on with anyone. No. <laughs> including Lady Macbeth. Yeah. No, their interactions are less than sexy. So I did think that was interesting that... Uniarcha basically cheats on her husband, like, while her husband's at a festival and then lies to him in the hallway and everything. I mean, she, it didn't make me, it didn't make her seem very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So then when she turned out to be the one that was getting vengeance, and then I was like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to be really sympathetic with her now. Yeah. But she, she didn't seem like a very good person. Up till yeah, then. I don't know how she comes off in the poem, but she's one of the heroines of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah. she really didn't seem that sympathetic in the movie. Certainly in the first half. I was like, what are you doing with Chandu? You're yeah, married. Definitely. Who's son? Keep it together, woman. Yeah. So that was kind of an 
odd choice. And I don't know if that mimics the scene that happened, but it kind of, I felt like Chandu was justified in this. When Chandu was like, oh, I shouldn't trust her because she's going to betray me. And she's just trying to get me to do her will. And I'm like, yeah, she is, man. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't trust her. I almost made Chandu a little more sympathetic because you feel like he's been dealing. Like, this is the woman that he wanted to marry. I'm like, geez, what was your home life before this? Yeah. And I mean, maybe it was just social climbing. But yeah, not great to have to live like that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the woman that he does marry, who is the role of Lady Macbeth. I mean, that's the role she takes. She is hardcore. She instantly jumps to murder no matter what the question is. Oh, she, yeah, she, well, actually she does once the first murder is completed and uh, Chandu is the Chekhovar of the 18 and a half something or other. She is kind of like, maybe we could stop killing people now. And Chandu's like, no, like, we no. have to kill more people. Too many people know about this, which is true. Like, you had yeah. way too many people involved at the very beginning of this. But I did feel like her character arc, Kudamani, mm-hmm. was underdone. Like, her transformation from, like, murder-happy woman to rubbing her hand, you know, out, out, damn spots. It's very confusing that she ever got there based on how happy she was to, like, arrange these murders and do all these things. Making chicken sacrifices. Yeah, because it wasn't even social climbing. It was also, like, revenge for family members and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that her character arc was really poorly played. She was, I don't, maybe too intense in the beginning for, like, being happy with power, like, chasing power. Power and murder and everything. Too intense to then turn around and be so consumed by guilt that she's crazy. Maybe she needed to be, like, like intense in a more, like, I'm super emotionally fragile and anything will break me at the drop of a hat. And then when she's broken at the end, you might believe it more? Yeah, I think so. Instead of being, like, this manipulator who's trying to get other people to kill people for her constantly. I don't know. I, I don't think that was... Well done. I definitely think it could have used something different, although I don't know what. Even probably just more time spent with her. I think that's what most of them needed. It's like, this is one of the only Indian movies I've seen where I'm like, could have been half an hour longer. I know, same. (laughs) I loved the fact that, okay, so this whole system of like your entire justice system is based on trial by combat. Yeah, trying to figure out who's older. They both, two brothers who each say... One of them's older. Uh, duel over it. So here's what I love about that is the guy's like, oh, should we have a cockfight? And they're like, yes, we've brought our chickens. And so they have the cockfight. Uh, such beautiful chickens, by the way. They are. And yeah. uh, thankfully, the film Don't warned worry. us it was not real. They're CGI. If there's any CGI, they have a big CGI <laughs> in the corner the whole time. They want everyone to know these aren't real chickens. Please don't worry. They're not actually, uh, these people aren't having a fight amid a herd of cows. Yes. But what I loved was that they both agreed to the cockfight. They had brought their chickens specifically, or their roosters, specifically for that. And then when it's done, they're like, no, 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 we need a a duel with humans because this wasn't accurate. Well, And they allowed it. I don't think you understand that the one guy whose rooster (laughs) lost thought he was going to win. That's what what happened. I just can't believe everyone else agreed to it. Like, well, you're right. I mean, that... How is that not just sour grapes? Because I, mean, I would think that this is like court of arbitration, right? If you agree to the cockfight, you must hold to the outcome. 
Well, that's why there is such a thing as arbitration now, because too many people backed out of their <laughs> fight um, agreements. I guess the price of a rooster wasn't worth the price of a human. Because those were yeah, fights to the death. They man. really, they were. Well, and that's why the guy was like, are you sure we can't avoid this? But I think they all knew that it was going to happen that way. Yeah. I, then you just made me feel bad for the roosters. I know. Because I was like, if you already knew you were going to wind up with duels between humans, just leave the roosters out of it. Seriously. They don't care how old you are. Yeah. But I do think that the trial by combat idea, it really makes Chanji's betrayal so much with the sword, like fixing the sword with bamboo spikes, so much more treacherous. Because trial by combat, I mean, that's whole hinged on the idea that there is a Deity. divine force that's ensuring that justice is done. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and so to interfere with that is really... Yeah. I mean, you're in fear, you're interfering with divine justice. Yeah. And, and you're hubris. I exactly. Mean. And this is where you feel like that divine justice was really at work. And maybe this is part of the, the poem. I don't know. But the fact that when they had the duel and the sword broke and so, and he took fright, he was like, oh, and get me another sword. And he's like, oh, I don't know which one to choose. He's like, oh, they're just hanging out. And I was like, how do you think that? This is going to play out when people That's are remembering the, thing. the fight. I was like, there's no way you're going to come out of this okay. If I know. You're just over there fumbling for a sword and not like, you could just cover him. Right. But, but I loved that it, it almost backed up the idea that these are divine just like divine justice is working in this because yes. even with the broken sword, he, he still, still wins. to win. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well. And I know that he, is what happens in the poem. He did his best to cheat. Yeah. Doesn't always work. So that was, and she was so shocked when, I, I mean, everyone was, but he especially was like, oh, he's dead. Okay. He's dead. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm he's like, yay. I'm happy. Yay. We're so happy about all this. But it is funny that he was willing to betray him in the battle. And then I think this is part of it is it did feel like Chandu was flip-flopping around a bit because then mm-hmm. he's like, well, I can't kill him in his sleep. That was he's really trusting weird. me. And I'm like, you were betraying him in a duel where he was depending on you for his life. Yeah, so strange. So it did kind of seem sometimes like Chandu was just behaving in the way that was convenient. Mm-hmm. Because we needed Kudamani to convince him in her Lady Macbeth style of like, no, you should kill him. Yeah. But I will say by that point in the play, he's kind of on board for it all. Yeah. Like once the murder's been planned, he's kind of like, okay, let's do this thing. Yeah, I already took the time of planning it. I mean, I really should, right? Or else it's a whole Saturday afternoon wasted. The other thing that I liked about this was that in the end, this movie ends with... So Macbeth is, you know, most famous for Lady Macbeth feeling like she has blood on her hands and that she can never wash her hands clean. Mm-hmm. What I liked is that the play, this movie, ends with Uniarcha having blood on her hands. Macbeth's blood on her hands because yeah. she catches his head. I kind of liked that image of cycles of vengeance will never end. Like someone's always going to wind up with blood on their hands and feel guilty about that. Because Uniarcha did Chandu wrong. I feel like maybe she couldn't control who she married because that was up to her brother, but she could have controlled the way she treated him. Yeah. And she could have not still gotten with him afterwards. Yeah. And it would have been better for that entire family after treating Chandu so poorly to cut ties with him completely. Yeah. And not just be like, well, now he's so honorable because, you know, he's been winning battles and stuff, winning 
these duels. Yeah. He's so honorable, because that's the name of the movie, means honor, mm. that we're going to have him work as a Chekhovar for our family, and he's never going to be, or a lieutenant for our family, and he's never going to be Chekhovar. That will be my son after me. But he'll be the yeah. lieutenant for all of us. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, why would you trust someone that you have intentionally done wrong to? Yeah, that was a really weird choice. And I don't know why they felt like they needed to do that. Yeah, and Uni Archer shouldn't have continued flirting with him. And the family would have done much better to treat him more carefully. Yeah, definitely. So there is there's some more nuance, I think, in the character of... Chandu's motivations. Yeah. Because he's not just after power. I mean, he is after power. Sure. But you do also feel like the history that he had with that family, Macbeth never had a complicated history like that with Mm -hmm. his family or with his clan. Yeah. So giving Chandu that backstory, which I think is true to the poem, Mm -hmm. kind of muddies the waters a little bit with what his motivations are. I mean, he was no friend to Aramal, and Aramal was a fool to trust. I mean, Aramal wasn't really the trust, the one who trusted him. It was his father. But he was convinced to be yeah. in that situation. He shouldn't have been in a fight, in a duel with him, certainly. <laughs> Not the first trip out, maybe. Yeah. Give it a while. So that is the last of our series, which means that we will be starting a new series. Ooh. And I am not going to lie, there's many of these names that I won't be able to pronounce very well, but as always, they'll be in the show notes. But this is, this will be a series of Indian indie movies, which are also known as parallel cinema. Mm -hmm. They're not the blockbusters. They don't have big songs and dances. Um, They're usually a lot shorter. Yes. And they, I mean, much like American indie films, they tend to be more personal, heartfelt stories and more realistic, more realistic picture of what India is like. Yeah. And the struggles that real Indians are going through. So the first movie, Care of Kancharapalam, I'm going to say. This is a movie that's really hard to give a plot description for. It's Telugu language, and it's kind of a slice of life and kind of like a romance. And there's four different plot lines that all happen at once. And there's no real good way to describe it, except that it is honestly one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it took me forever to see it because you can never find a really good plot description online. And so I was suspicious of it. But like, there is actually a reason for it. So it's four romances of people who are in different states of life under different settings. And they're all told, you know, intercut with each other. And uh, you just have to watch it. That's all I can really say about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is available on Netflix. The second movie is Kumbalangi Nights. This is a Malayalam language one. And it stars one, I mean, by hands down, my favorite Malayalam actor and one of my favorite Indian actors, whose name is Fahad Fasil. He is like an earfin, like a Malayalam earfin con. Like he's just a really good actor nice. in everything that he's in. And super likable and everything. And two of his movies are on this list. I'm not going to lie. I, I really just want an excuse to see his movies again. So, Kumbalangi Nights, which is about four brothers and their life in a town that is turning into, like, an ecotourism town. So, okay. they're living a traditional Malayalam life, but in the background, what you see is, like, a tourist resort opening up, and you see the way these brothers, you know, they're dealing with different problems. A lot of these are going to be kind of this type of movie. Yeah. And that is available for rent. The next movie is Kahani, 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so this is a Hindi language movie. With Nawazuddin Siddique, who's amazing. Yeah, and Vidya Balan, who's the main character. And this is about a woman who, a pregnant woman, whose husband has gone missing mm-hmm. while he was on like a business trip or something. And so she's come to the city to look for him. In addition to the story, which is mm-hmm. quite tense and thrilling, which is always fun. It's also just a great view of life in Kolkata. And that is available on Netflix. Then, number four, we have Mahashinti, Mahashinta Prathakaram. I'm going to say. Sure. That's another Fahad Fasil movie. It's about a man who gets beaten up by some strangers when he kind of interferes in their bullying. And then he like vows to take vengeance on them and he's not going to wear shoes until he gets his vengeance. There we go. It's another quiet movie that you, where you see a lot of the light, you know, the characters in the village and everything. And it's just a really charming movie about, you know, an ordinary guy. Then the last movie, and this is going to be, like, the artiest and the hardest to understand. Okay. But I do like it. It's called Rama Rama Ray. And that is about a man who was on death row and he escapes and is taking a road trip. It's a bit of a road trip movie, but it's also kind of like a spiritual road trip. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. That is a movie that's hard to find. So we'll talk about that more as we get closer to that. So that is going to be our next series. Again, we'll be starting with... Care of Kanchara Palam, and we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.